Over 500 people took part in this week's two-day virtual agronomy update out of Alberta. Regis Karamanos is now a retired soil scientist. He talked to producers about fertilizer considerations for 2022. Glendalee Allen Wasser caught his presentation online. He says the drought has meant reduced crop growth and nutrient uptake. As a result, he expects there will be a tremendous amount of residual fertilizer that will be staying in the soil. Dry means that if you were to do a soil test lab, you will realize there is a tremendous variability in the nutrients, and especially when it comes to nitrogen, the nitrogen variability in the soil increases dramatically. Poor crops, of course, do not use nitrogen. And of course, there is uh, no nitrogen movement, so expect to have stranding of the nitrogen in the top uh, inch or two of the soil wherever, or, or three, wherever the, the, the nitrogen was placed to begin with. Also, late rains and in some cases, subsequent regrowth of crops can change the nutrient status. Now, I'm very thankful to Agvice Laboratories out of Northwood, North Dakota. They shared with me all uh, uh, their data, uh, soil test uh, data f- for the fall. Uh, since 1986, they have a complete record. Actually, when I used to run the Saskatchewan Soil Testing Lab and then Enviratis in Saskatoon up to 1997, I used to have those, but of course now this is all gone. And, but there are for Saskatchewan and Manitoba, but I, I think they apply to Alberta as well. So I thought I should put them out for you to have a look at them. And you can see we have two dramatic peaks in, uh, in the nitrogen levels. One, of course, that occurred in, 2000, in, in 1988, and it, it persisted for about three years uh, after the drought of 1988. And you can see now, we have a peak this past year as a result of the, of the drought. So <clears throat> you can see that nitrogen, uh, soil test nitrogen will skyrocket. Now, another thing that I'm not sure how many people are aware of is that when you have a drought, there is a decrease in the soil pH. And that decrease is also followed by an increase in the electrical conductivity of the salts. They are more concentrated. And of course, you will see some of the nutrients to be higher, such as phosphorus. This will, of course, correct themselves in time, but be very cognizant of that. Actually, these changes occurred during the growing season. Dr. Cindy Grant, that everybody knows, she did her PhD studying those changes during the growing season. So it's not just unique to the, you know, to one dry year. It will be happening during the growing season. But nevertheless, there are these changes. And I mentioned to you that I was running the Saskatchewan Soil Testing Lab until 1997. And I thought I should include this uh, data from that period. Uh, This is after the drought of the 1989. um, And you can see where the pH is about 6.8, and then when things went back to normal, uh, five years later, the pH is up to 7.8, just about a a difference of one unit. And you can see how the electrical conductivity is, and look how phosphorus is, you know, just about uh, 12 uh, pounds difference 
you know, between, uh, between the dry year and the wet year. So be cognizant of that because, you know, you don't want to be fooled that your phosphorus levels are uh, permanently higher. He says in order to reduce the risk with a proper fertilizer, the first step in managing the soil is knowing what's in it, which means making sure that you get that soil test done. Regis Caramano's taking part in the two-day virtual agronomy update out of Alberta. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. There's been talk of the U.S. using canola for renewable diesel. John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research gave us his thoughts. That's something that's very much on our radar. And, and so, you know, it is one of those. And, and as so many of these things are, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, legislation and policy and, and, and uh, sort of a regulatory dynamic that creates an element of, uh, let's just say, uncertainty. Uh, in regards to do laws get passed, what do they look like, and that sort of thing. But but certainly it's one of the things that's on our radar is the potential for uh, uh, for for demand for canola oil to, to increase substantially out of the U.S., uh, depending a little bit on what those biofuel policies look like and, and if and when they pass and so forth. So that's certainly uh, certainly very much on our radar. Uh, it's one of those things that, that doesn't happen necessarily overnight, but, but has the potential to be a huge source of, of demand for canola oil here going forward, depending on... Uh, uh, a, if that legislation gets passed, and, and B, what it looks like. So uh, certainly certainly something that I think uh, you know the industry needs to keep their sights on here going forward and watch closely. And what would that mean for uh, Canada? Well, certainly it could be a huge increase in, uh, in demand for canola oil specifically. Uh, and so, you know, that's, uh, that, that, you know, in, so we have, for example, you know, we have uh, uh, a lot of projected builds of new crush plants. In, in Western Canada, and I think one of the things that they keep in the back of their minds, or not just in the back of their minds, you know, certainly probably part of their business plan is the potential for a huge increase in uh, in uh, uh, renewable fuel consumption, and specifically for canola oil. And so, when we think about uh, you know all these plants that are anticipated to go up in the next few years, uh, you know, based on on what this legislation could look like. Uh, boy, you know that's uh, we won't have trouble finding a home for that uh, for that canola oil here. So it's uh, you know it certainly encourages uh, demand for what we grow, uh, potentially a lot of demand growth for for what we grow, and uh, you know and then of course all the all the subsequent investment here in our own backyard and sales opportunities. So uh, um, you know that's that's I think what, what you know we're kind of looking towards. And uh, again, it's always always so much certainty when it's policy and regulation and so forth. But uh, but I think that's that's kind of what we're watching closely and, and uh, monitoring. That was John Drieger, Vice President of Leftfield Commodity Research. That's it for the Prairie Aguire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Aguire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.